surrender to the things that interest you. If it interests you, learn about it and don't think about career progression or things like that. I couldn't have planned that I would fall into product operations. Just following all those passions and interests in that perfect storm of, of knowledge and skills that was the right fit at the right time for that opportunity when it came up. Welcome to Modern Business Operations, where we talk with leaders about how ops is adapting to our modern world. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Modern Business Operations. I'm your host, Brianna Autry, and I'm joined by George Asilfi. He is the Director of Product Operations at Viva Systems. Welcome, George. Hi. Thanks for having me, Brianna. Yeah, excited to have you. Always good to have another Ghanaian on the podcast. You're our first, so I'm really happy about that. Yeah, super exciting. So before we jump into the conversation, and I'm really excited about this one because I think it pertains not just like to people who are managing teams, but people who are looking for new ways to work, people who are looking to increase efficiency, to scale. We're in a recession right now. How can you optimize what you have? These are the kind of questions people are asking. So right now we're going to talk about finding the balance between autonomy and alignment. And George has a ton of experience managing teams through scale while remaining efficient. So we're going to jump into that topic in just a second. But first, I want to talk about your background a little bit. So how did you get to where you are? Product operations is not a well-paved out path, right? And so how did you get into this role? I'm sure people would be curious to hear. When I talk about my background, I always like to start by calling out that I've lived in several countries. You talked about expanding Africa, Europe, the Caribbean, and obviously the U.S. where I am now. And I say that because those experiences are what have really shaped the global perspective I have today when it comes to working with people, technology, and then operations. And I've always been very passionate about life sciences and healthcare technology. And I've pretty much spent my life in that industry I started out with my undergraduate degree in life sciences. I worked at CVS Pharmacy throughout college, and then I worked my way up to a senior level scientist for one of the top pharma companies in the world, Beringer Ingelheim, and then eventually implemented SaaS systems for them. And then I continued to build on that background, pursuing a master's in business information systems. And then Viva came along. I actually implemented Viva for that company, and the people were so great. The product was amazing. I was like, I have to get here and see what is happening there, that innovation engine. And it seemed like a natural fit just because the industry that they were serving was life sciences. I had that background there. Fast forward to Viva, that's where I got to learn a lot about cloud content and data management platforms, monolithic versus microservice apps, various agile methodologies and enterprise architecture frameworks. All of that put together basically prepared me, I guess, for an opportunity where I got to lead product operations within Viva's digital clinical trials platform. And so I got to build the products function from the ground up. I started as an individual contributor and have since scaled it to a team that supports multiple product organizations. And my team works cross-functionally across product management, design, engineering, services, support, regulatory, legal, and we just work to deliver new products and features around the world. 
I mean, I love being in this business of life sciences and healthcare. I feel like I get to play a small part in making the industry a little bit better and helping get medicines to people that need it a little faster and cheaper. And so that's really fulfilling for me. So that's the background in a nutshell. Yeah. So talk to you about what Viva Systems does for those who don't know. So Viva Systems, we're building the industry cloud for the life sciences. And what does that mean? That means specifically like in the space that I'm in, where we're focused on clinical trials. It's about making the clinical trial process faster more efficient, cheaper. And why does that matter? Because ultimately, medicines, vaccines, medical devices to the people that need it can get there sooner and cheaper. And so Viva is really just focused on the entire life cycle of the industry, building world-class products for each of those needs across all the different stakeholders. So it's a multi-product company. We have products that support through the research and development phase all the way through to commercialization and it's all in the cloud right and so if you think about the industry traditionally pharma has a lot of the work that they do is still on paper today so taking those processes and then moving them into the digital landscape into the cloud makes those processes much much more efficient yeah i love that you took an area that you're passionate about, so life sciences, and then applied that almost inadvertently in tech that incorporates those values. So I think that's a good career advice in general. Like you can do any job, but if it's in the industry that you're passionate about, then it's going to go a long way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that ties into just the mindset that I try to have, which is surrender to the things that interest you. If it interests you, learn about it and don't think about career progression or things like that. I couldn't have planned that I would fall into product operations. Just following all those passions and interests, that perfect storm of, of knowledge and skills that was the right fit at the right time for that opportunity when it came up. So with that, I want to move into our topic. So in your role, you're heavily involved in helping teams and organizations scale effectively, as I mentioned before. So how do you approach accomplishing this overall? To answer that, I think it's important to take a step back and talk foundationally about maybe what an organization is. We should understand that in order to talk about how to scale it. And so the way I think about an organization is an organization or a company, enterprise, what have you. To have that, you need three things. One is a person or a group of people that are working together. Two is they all need to be working together towards some kind of common goal. And then the third is they're doing that supported by some kind of platform. And that platform could be some tools, some systems, some processes, right? So for me, scaling efficiently is about deeply understanding the people that are working together, the teams, the goals that they're working towards, and then designing and building a simple platform of tools and systems and processes that enable them to execute fast to meet those goals. Now, in terms of approach, we really partner with product and engineering leadership. And it starts with thinking about the organization in interdependent layers. It's why, what, and how. The why represents a set of values and guardrails, guiding principles. And then we make sure that those have traceability directly to the goals and the mission of the organization. 
an example of that for us. We just love the Agile Manifesto here in our organizations. And so a lot of our values are largely tied to that. The second is the what, and that is about modeling out the frameworks, the roles, the responsibilities, the artifacts that are relevant to our work. And so what needs to be done? Who needs to be doing it? What that's really about is just minimizing confusion while we're executing and making sure everyone's just really clear. And then lastly, it's about the how, and that's really just behaviors we want to see as we mature. Are we exhibiting outcomes we would expect from an operationally sound team? And are those behaviors traced to the values we defined and in the why that I described earlier? An example, we have an initiative within our framework that's called improving our craft. And part of that is partnering well across, again, the organization, which is the digital trials platform. And so some of the behaviors that we would want to see are are there rules of engagement in place for working with each other? Are people engaged in the meetings? Are we actually moving the business forward when we have some of these discussions? Since different organizations working on different products, but they are connected to provide the value of seamless data flow across the different systems, there are dependencies there. So we need to know what each team is doing. Are we coming together and having those conversations in a timely way? That's the gist of the approach that we take, and we model that out with product and engineering leadership. It's iterative. We work on that. We adjust it as we grow. How did you decide that was the methodology to follow? And also, how does that benefit you? What are the tangible outcomes for this? When I took the role of product operations, I asked myself a kind of almost existential question, which was, Man, product operations, it's about efficiency and streamlining and aligning things. And at Viva here, we have this operating principle, which says autonomy over alignment. And so how do I balance that, right? How do I feel like I'm doing a good job, doing my job, but not conflicting with the values of the organization? And that was the existential question that I wrestled with to come to the solution and the solution actually ended up being in a concept called holonics. And it's really about thinking about things being autonomous in being able to function on its own, make decisions and move fast, but having rules of engagement and cooperation where you work together. And when you start to model it out, you can see like it's possible to have both. Now it's challenging. It's a constant tug and pull. The rules need to be really clear. That was the problem that was in front of me and a ton of research to get to that place. Now, tangible results that we've seen, it was really helpful because the teams that I support have scaled really fast. I think over the course of a year, we've grown from when I joined a team of 19 people to now in a year, over a hundred people. So it's been relatively frictionless scale. And just having these things in place allow us to keep that product delivery machine running in a smooth way where we have a common thread from discovery to development to delivery and go to market. And that's worked really well for our product management team, design team, engineering team across the product organization. This episode is brought to you by Tonkin. Tonkin is the operating system for business operations 
providing businesses with the building blocks to orchestrate any process with no code or change management required. Contact us at Tonkin.com to learn how you can build complex processes fast. And if you're interested in staying up to date on all things business operations, join the Adaptive Ops community at operations.community. Really well said. So let's dig into autonomy over alignment because I want to chat about that a little bit. As a principal, why is it so important and how does it relate to being able to move with speed? Today, what could they take and like start applying that principle to their own business? So what it means is that it's a big word and it's really clear when you hear what it means. But if I can unpack that a little bit, what it means is like autonomy comes first and alignment comes second as an operating principle. Autonomy really is about trusting teams to make smart decisions, giving them independence to take risks, try new things and approaches that are not necessarily the same as how the rest of the business is doing it. And this is where I think it's really important is like, you have to have support behind those work as an organization, right? And so Eva understands that comes with inefficiency. And as an operational person, we care about efficiency, right? So like, it's about being comfortable with that. Inefficiency is okay. And that's a cost that we accept because it allows for more speed. I experienced this in some prior roles before joining Viva where I would have to check in with five, 10 different people before I got the okay to make some decision. It's about trusting your people to be good at making decisions and then they can execute and do that at speed. And so those inefficiencies are trade-offs we accept for speed, more innovation. And then it's, again, back to that trust, trusting those teams to resolve any critical misalignments for the best interest of our customers and even the internal employees. Now, how that dovetails into ProOps, I talk a little bit about the team that I support, which is the Digital Trust platform. And it's made up of applications that serve unique needs of each stakeholder within the clinical trial process. So there's apps that support the patient that's participating in the trial. There are apps that support the site that's running the clinical trial, but then also the sponsor or the research organization that's sponsoring the trial. Those apps are also all connected together to drive automated data flow and to make the process execution seamless. And so if you think about it in that context of autonomy over alignment, the teams are separate building solutions for those stakeholders. They need to be able to move with speed in building those solutions, right? But there has to be some connectivity there so that value can be realized for customers, that data flow. So again, that's where the balance comes in, in respecting that culture of autonomy, letting teams work fast, but also where it makes sense, finding standard and scalable ways of doing things so that we can deliver that value to customers. So an example of where maybe we need alignment is customers know Viva. They may not necessarily know Viva product A, Viva product B, Viva product C, right? It's just one brand. And so when it comes to customer-facing content and deliverables and things like that, we make sure that we're aligned because our field teams and customers can get that holistic view of that system, of that product and all the things that it does without having to piece it together. But internally, when the teams are executing, you want them to go fast. You don't want them to make sure everything is perfectly fit and snug together before they can execute. Yeah. Right? 
And so that's how that comes in and ties in. What are some ways that people can implement that principle now or even just look at it in like quick ways, quick wins with it? Look for things that are maybe slowing the team down. Look for areas of confusion. I think today that's the direction that technology is headed in, right? These complex adaptive systems. It's about you have a product, you find product market fit. Maybe you're looking for your next big bet. It has to be bigger than your current thing. Once you become a multi-product company, that is about integrations across your productized integrations across your suite of applications. Once you start to do that, dependencies inevitably come up, but it's important to not lose sight of speed and innovation. It's really about just looking for areas that are slowing down the team, confusion, minimizing the dependencies as much as possible in those areas, and then being okay with that inefficiency because that's just the trade-off for speed. And you have to be comfortable with that. It's not easy to do, especially as an operations-minded person. But the benefits, again, are speed. And yeah. yeah. Delivery. Good and speed is so important right now, especially with delivering a product. So let's talk about your next area that you're passionate about, dependency management. So you talk a lot about that. Can you elaborate on what that means? When I think about dependencies, I think there's another operating principle that we have, which is execution matters most. And that's really what ties into. So what does execution matters most mean to us? I think it's really just, hey, you could have ideas all day. You could have the best ideas in the world, but that doesn't really mean anything on its own. It's about what you do, the work that you put in that really matters. So the context I gave of these connected applications, if execution matters most, we want to be executing. The worst thing that could happen is, well, I'm building my thing and now I have to pause and wait for this team to deliver that thing before I can keep doing my work. And so it's thinking deeply about removing dependencies where we can and being really cautious about surfacing them up early in how we plan and then connecting the teams during execution so we can adjust the plans as things change. The efforts to keep everyone on the same page become really important at that point. Having visualization of the work to show where the dependencies are, who is the blocking dependency, who is blocked, right? And ultimately what that means for when we need to deliver something. Having to think really deeply about that because again, You've got multiple applications and sure, they work really great on their own, but there's real value there in that connectivity. We want to realize that value for customers. And so we want to do that again without slowing the T's down. So that's what I mean when I talk about dependency management is just thinking about that upfront and making sure that teams can continue to execute without being slowed down. Yeah, this is making me think about times when my progress has been slowed because of approvals or maybe because the process wasn't clearly defined. So I wasn't able to get the approval early enough. So then it halted things in a way that pushed a deadline or whatever. So I think even just having a process in place is a good place to start if people don't. So I want to talk about my favorite question. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received in your career? It's funny because that tied into some of the conversation we had a little bit earlier in terms of the best piece of advice. And it holds true for me today still. And I think it's really about surrendering to the things that interest you. I 
again, being an operations minded person, I'm a checklist person and I have a plan and I'm like, man, in five years, I want to be here. In 10 years, I want to be here. And there's some conversations I had with a sponsor of mine that really opened my eyes. I really just took a lot of the burden off my shoulders and feeling like I have had everything. Yeah. It was a simple piece of advice, which is just surrender to the things that interest you. And I'm a learner yeah. at heart. And so that just made so much sense to me. I was a scientist working in a lab on a bench, like you traditionally picture, but I was interested in software development. So I went and I learned how to do that, right? And I was interested in how technology teams come together to build solutions. So I became a business analyst and then being interested in regulatory compliance and all of these different things for maintaining compliance of your product. If I didn't take that approach, again, it wouldn't have prepared me for this unique opportunity doing this for a company industry to solve these problems. You know, don't worry about having the perfect career plan. Just focus on making an impact, getting results, really just applying yourself and going deep into problems and the rest will take care of itself. You're building skills to prepare you for a unique opportunity that only you are qualified for. I think that's really good advice that I got that sticks with me. I love that. Yeah. Surrender to your interests. Well, I love reality TV. I don't know if I'll surrender to that interest, but maybe <laughs> some more anyone. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Cool. Well, to wrap up, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to follow up after this? LinkedIn is the best way to get a hold of me. I'm just search George Sulfi Jr. E-S-S-I-L-F-I-E and send me a message. I'd love to connect if you're interested in ProtOps. It's a relatively nascent field, but yeah. it's got a lot of energy right now within product management circles and product development circles. Viba has actually been doing it and had that role for quite some time. And so an organization that has a good amount of experience with ProtOps, it may look different everywhere you are. And even at Viva, it looks different, but we've got a lot of experience too. That. So I love chatting about that. All right. Well, we will link George's LinkedIn in the show notes. So anyone listening in later can jump in there and find him on LinkedIn. And thank you, George. It's been really nice chatting with you. I feel inspired after our talk and you know, take some of these learnings back to my own team. So thanks for your time. Awesome. Thanks, Brianna. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Modern Business Operations. You can see the show notes and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at tonkin.com slash mbopod. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe for updates on future episodes. 